Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. We're looking at the kibbutz Behari. Bold bulldozers, sorry, are rather now beginning to uh, uh, rebuild the kibbutz by clearing out the rubble of October the 7th. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's much rehabilitation and reconstruction going on now at the moment. And uh, somebody who has been on the scene is joining us uh, once again on the afternoon overdrive. Kanan Lidor, contributor to the Times of Israel and Europe correspondent to Chai FM. Kanan, great to have you on board and welcome to the afternoon overdrive once again. Hi, thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, good to have you on board, uh, Kanan. So, uh, regarding this uh, this kibbutz uh, Biheri, with now there's a lot of, there's a lot of activity going on, uh, lots of clearing up operations, restoration. Tell us about the initial plan. What are you seeing? Well, there's uh, there's the ambitious rehabilitation plan. It's uh, about 300 million shekels. Uh, that's what 60 million uh, in, in US dollars um, for uh, for rehabilitating only 130, 133 damaged residential residential homes in the Bay itself. Uh, that's part of an 18 billion rehabilitation plan for the entire region. Okay. Uh, on the ground right now, Bay is completely empty. Uh, there are only okay. bulldozers clearing some rubble and um, and there's the printing shop which is kind of the uh, the cash cow of this kibbutz uh, which began returns to uh, to return to normal really two weeks after the onslaught uh, that's just one community in the entire region now overall we're starting to see a trickle back uh, and one one moshav actually had a, a proper return last week of hundreds of people but for the rest it's a slow trickle of residents returning and the reason for that uh is that it's extremely difficult to live in with those kibbutzim right now for people with families first of all kibbutzim uh first of all there's the constant thud of uh, mostly outgoing artillery uh which uh, you know for traumatized children who've already experienced so much uh, it's, it just means that, you know, on the practical level, it means the children dare not go to the bathroom alone, okay? They're asking, sure. you know, six, seven, nine-year-old children, asking their parents, this is something I hear all the time in the region, uh, mommy, daddy, can you come to the bathroom with me? Because I'm afraid there's going to be a, an, a, an a, a alarm siren when I'm in there. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the reality on the ground. There are deep-seated traumas with the parents sure. who endured sometimes 30 hours in sheltered areas as terrorists roamed their community, or mm. women whose men were fighting to stave off the terrorists on the fence 500 meters away, the constant crackle of machine gun. You know, the, the, that, the, that, that's the reality that many of them still occupy to this mm. moment. Now, uh, in addition to the emotional trauma, there's the, uh, there's the issue of, of practicality. So schools, kindergartens, they're not operational because they're dependent on people from outside the region who are understandably reluctant about coming there for all the reasons I specified. So yes. really, the only people returning, you know, it's, it's mostly die-hard kibbutzniks who can come there with maybe without without children, without small children, uh, without small families, 
And that accounts for a small portion of the population. We're talking 30, 40% at the best. Okay. Uh, and I've toured those communities just last week. Yeah, they're very moving stories of, uh, of people like Gabriel uh, Sardon, who kept a grocery store open in Moshav Zimrat, about four kilometers from the border of Gaza, throughout December when there was no one else. Okay. I asked him, Yechil, why, why, did you, why did you come to your empty grocery store? Uh, and he said, well, you know, it's either that or going insane. So I did what's Shame good for my mental oh, health. Well, Kanan, you've mentioned now people coming back in drips and drabs, trickle, starting to trickle in now. That part of the world, too, um, it is uh, important agriculturally also. Are, are we seeing a revival in such activity, too? Right. Um, in fact, the Otef Aza, the Gaza envelope, is kind of a bread silo. Sure. Of Israel is where most of the potatoes are grown, much of the bananas. Uh, these are rolling fields, very fertile land, uh, very important agriculturally indeed. And actually, the, uh, the war hasn't uh, impeded agricultural uh, activities so much. Uh, in terms of, of uh, making farmers relocate, but but and that's a very big but, it drove mm. away about five thousand Thai and uh, Sri Lankan foreign workers. Okay, that the entire industry is dependent on, and so you have farmers on the ground who are happy to work, who are on their fields braving Hamas fire, but they just don't have enough working hands. There are. Very, um, there are various emergency solutions being worked out right now, mostly with Sri Lanka. Hmm. The transportation minister was in Sri Lanka this week to facilitate this. Uh, Sri Lanka being no stranger to terrorist hmm. uh, activities itself, you know, uh, pretty resilient in that term, in that that uh, aspect. Uh, so there being there are solutions on the web right now. Farmers are registering heavy losses. They wow. are being um, compensated and right. uh, enumerated by the government. Okay. Kanan, we're going to have to leave it there. We've just about run out of time. Kanan, thanks so much for joining us. Great to chat to you again in this case about what's happening regarding restoration efforts now and rebuilding and rehabilitation going on in Israel at the moment. Kanan Lador, contributor to the Times of Israel and Europe correspondent to High FM.